Welcome to episode 55 of the Godly Unman podcast. We are back with another episode that is adjacent to everything we've been discussing, but something that I think is very, very important because we spent the last month really drilling into the different aspects of church, right? Eldership and, and when to be a preacher, things like that. One of the comments Will made that I thought was fantastic in this last episode is the biggest crisis in the church, I don't think, is one of preachers. It's one of fathers and, and, and competent husbands. Um, we're seeing a big issue with that. And to be honest with you, this this whole podcast, this whole idea came out of, and was born out of a realization that many young men just seem directionless and they're lacking help and they're lacking wisdom specifically from their fathers. So that's why the gym podcast was created is we wanted to give you some wisdom. Yes, we're young, but things that we've gleaned from books, from our own fathers, from from uh, you know other people in the faith that have really helped us in a lot of ways. And so we wanted to pass that down to you, but we recognize there is a major fatherhood crisis in America right now. And to be honest, as you know, we've talked before about okay, we love to fix the state of the church. We love to fix the the state of the youth dropout rate. And you know, a lot of people point yeah. to point to youth groups and point to you know, uh, I don't know, like all kind of solutions. And honestly, the solution is pretty simple. We've got to get our fathers back to right. being the fathers that they're called to be biblically. And so, yeah, to Joe's point, we started this podcast with that intention of like, let's encourage these young men to really be the fathers that they that they should be. Um, but with that comes what um, we're talking about today, which is something that Joe put together a really great outline on. And that is Listen, we understand that not everybody has a father that is present on a number of levels. Obviously, you know, I'm, there are some out there that don't have a father physically present, and that's always something that's tragic and, and you know, something that uh, is not not ideal, and we wish sure. the best for everybody on that. Um, I think that's a pretty small percentage, though. I think a much bigger percentage, though, other than not being physically present, is fathers that are not two things, one emotionally present mm, yep. and fathers that are spiritually present. So Joe, what do we mean by not emotionally present? Sure. Sure. As far as emotion goes, and I was actually going to read a little bit about physical, yeah, pre- go right you know, for those that aren't physically present, father absent homes, we wanted to start with that because that, that is a, the, you know, a huge issue currently right now. I think the greater issue, the bigger issue in the church is exactly what Will is speaking about, which is the emotional and, and the spiritual absence of fathers. But just listen to this. This is just for those who are physically absent, which of course the other ones mean if he's physically absent, he's absent in the other ways. But there's a four times greater risk of pro- poverty. You are more likely to have behavioral problems. You're two times greater risk of infant mortality for those that are from fatherlessness. You're more likely to go to prison. You're more likely to commit crime. You are seven times more likely to become pregnant as a teen. Seven times. Seven times more likely. You're more likely to face abuse and neglect. You're more likely to abuse drugs and alcohol yourself. You're two times more likely to suffer obesity, and you're two times more likely to drop out of school. This is just a, a handout um, with just talking about the father absence crisis in America. If you look that up, that's the first thing that comes up on Google. And so this is a devastating problem that a lot of people are facing uh, in, in this day and age. But as Will talked about, we recognize in the church a lot of us do have dads. We're, we're coming from a place where, okay, maybe the fathers are physically present. But if we're going to be serious about this, how many fathers are spiritually present and emotionally present for your kids? And the truth of that is many. it's not very many. It's not very yeah. many. So what do we mean by that? To, to Will's question a little bit earlier, what do we mean by that? First off, those who are emotionally, I'll take the emotional, let you take spiritual, right ahead, yeah. for the emotional absence, <clears throat> excuse me, this is somebody who 
the dad is is currently you know he's not there he doesn't show up to the practices right to he doesn't show up to the games um he doesn't ask you how your day is going basically he has his life you have your life he's never really checking doesn't talk in. to you around the dinner table That's right. doesn't yeah doesn't ask you about your life how right. school's going never nothing. talks yeah. you through emotions if he does give you the talk you know the talk birds and bees it's as awkward as anything like because he doesn't have that relationship with you and so as far as it goes with your emotional growth as a man growing into a young man your dad really isn't there emotionally for you. All you know is anger and happiness because your dad never showed you how to have other emotions, things like that. That's what we're talking about with emotionally absent. As far as spiritually goes, it's basically the same thing, just applied on a biblical level. Essentially, your father does not talk to you about spiritual things. Your father doesn't, I don't want to say doesn't care about your spiritual level, but if he does care, does not give any indication that he cares. Right. Basically, assumes that because he's bringing you to church or that because you know you are in a household that is quote-unquote Christian, that, that he's good and that you're good. Um, he doesn't teach you things about the Bible, doesn't, again, I think that the biggest thing about this, the key both with the emotionally unavailable and the spiritually unavailable is the fathers never get beyond a shallow level of communication yeah. with their kids. Right. If they do talk to their kids, it is, you know, how, how sports going about school or, you know, maybe logistical things, but right. nothing deep, no, nothing of substance or anything like that. And of course, when applied to the Bible, that's super damaging because right. as young young men growing up in your teenage years, you're facing temptations, you're facing all kinds of things. You need spiritual guidance. And man, God has, has given fathers that responsibility to give their children, specifically their sons, fathers to sons, spiritual guidance. And man, when that's not done, it's tough. We hit this so hard in this podcast, like being a good dad. We're going to yeah. hit this a little bit later as to what that maybe looks like. But we're so big on fatherhood for this reason. Because exactly what Will just said. And here's the biggest thing, what we see. So we spoke to the attachment as uh, aspects of this. Um, you know, your attachment with your dad just isn't great. But here's the biggest thing, and, and this is the saddest aspect of this. We know that fathers are supposed to model God for their kids. Your earliest understanding of God the Father is your earthly father here. So when he is, is and this is taking place with a huge amount of boys right now, when he's your your physical father, that is, your earthly father, is absent. When he is ultra demanding, when he is super hard on you, maybe abusive, um, maybe he's emotionally unavailable, maybe he spiritually just doesn't care about you, so many times that translates into your relationship with God and the Father. And your view of God. And your view of God. So if your dad is absent, a lot of times like God doesn't care about me, he's yeah. absent in my life. If your dad is, is abusive or if your dad is incredibly demanding and he's really, really hard on you, guess what you're going to do? You're going to think that God is really hard on you. You're not going to understand the grace of God. You're not going to understand that God really does love you despite your flaws. Right. Like he still sent Christ while you were yet a sinner where, you know, maybe your earthly father doesn't do that. And so we see the attachment form with God, the father, our, our spiritual father, based on how we form attachment with our physical father. And it's destroying homes right now because you have a bunch of kids who grow up and they don't understand God. And if we want you to be godly young men, I mean, this is a serious issue. This is a serious problem. And so we've got a lot we want to cover, and we don't want to spend all of our time on the the problem right. um, without looking at the solution. So we do want to dedicate most of our time to the solution here. But, Joe, for just a few minutes, let's talk about what are the effects of a of an aloof father. Because we just saw the effects of the physical. Correct. Physical well, the absence, stats right? Joe read were all the physical. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there are specific things, and maybe the stats... I. I didn't even look this up because I don't know that there's a ton of studies on the stats of emotionally or, or specifically sure. spiritually aloof because this is something where 
starting to see in this generation more. I think it's been happening for a lot of generations, but we're starting to look at it and go, man, we're spiritually orphaned. Yeah. We have a lot of young kids our age, and we're going to get into, we have another episode coming up on orthodoxy, and I think that's driven by this, actually, this issue. Um, and so stay tuned for that. But we have a lot of kids that feel spiritually orphaned, and we don't really know the effects, right, from a, from a statistical quote-unquote point of view, from a scientific point of view. But here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at the anecdotes. I work with people all the time. I work with young kids. This is what I do as a, for a living as a therapist is, you know, especially working in porn addiction. I work with a lot of this. And so the first effect of an aloof father, in my opinion, the, the first one that came to mind that I put on the outline is that the porn use is way up. I would say probably, and this is me just throwing it out off the top of my head, but I would get guess probably 90% of the kids that I deal with, the reason they're into porn is because their relationship with their dad is terrible. It's just not any good. And so, because maybe there, you know, there, there's some issues with the mom, sure. That's so telling, though. But yes, it's so telling because how does a man learn to understand his relationship with a woman? Understand how to treat the other sex appropriately. Understand they're not objects, but they're somebody to actually cherish and love. And to not run to run from your problems, but to run toward your problems. And to be a man and how we handle the difficult emotions. And that's what porn use is, and we've had an episode on that. That's what that's born out of. When your dad is aloof, emotionally and spiritually... You do run to vices. You do run to things that are just going to run from the problem because your dad never taught you to stand up and be a man. Well, and that kind of bleeds into another area. Let's say maybe porn isn't the issue. You don't really know how to treat females. Yeah. You, you don't really have an appropriate view of, of again, of females or really of uh, of marriage. And Because typically the dads that are unavailable or emotionally aloof with their kids are also probably the, that way with, with the mom, with, yep. their, with their wife. And so it's really kind of a double-edged sword there. And so what that results in is, again, young men don't know how to treat girls, don't treat women, get into marriages. Maybe they're really selfish. They don't know how to treat their wife because they weren't taught. It's really just a nasty cycle. Yep. Um, but the female aspect uh, aspect of that, whether that be with the porn use or whether that be just physically, again, you don't know how to talk to them, you don't know how to treat them well, all those things, that needs to be taught from the dads. And if, if, if the dad is not available emotionally um, or spiritually kind of aloof, those are going to be some of the results. Another one I would say is, emotional stability mm. is affected if, if your dad is, is aloof or is not yep. present. Um, you don't know how to control your anger. You know, you have outbursts. You, yep. you don't know how to how to keep a lid on it, so to speak. You can't kind of control your emotions. You see that a lot, especially with the fatherhood stats about, I mean, this is more of the physically present, but when, when um, the dad's not present, the violent crime oh, yeah. is way up. Like, kids need to be taught emotional stability. Again, young men specifically need to be taught emotional stability from their dad. And if he's not doing that, that's another effect is that you just get wrapped up in anger. You don't know how to, how to, how to quell your anger, quench your anger. That's not, I'm not using the right word. I think it is quell, quell your, whatever the word is. Stop your anger. We'll use that. I'm not going to try to use those crazy words, but that's a pretty big effect as well. Yeah, no doubt. Because yes, it's the emotional stability, but also he's given you a big reason to be angry, to be upset. He's not there present. Like he's not, he's not spiritually, he's not emotionally present for you. And what does that lead to? Dad doesn't care. He doesn't care about me. So if he doesn't care about me, you go around with, and, and this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but like you go around with a massive chip on your shoulder yeah. and you go around with a lot of insecurity, a lot of low self-esteem because, well, dad doesn't care about me. Well, this is where anger comes from. Anger is just hurt personified, right? Like that's coming to the surface of dad doesn't seem to care. Dad is not present. He doesn't read the Bible with me. He doesn't help me learn how to pray. He doesn't talk to me about my emotions. I'm I'm drowning in school right now and, and you know, I'm struggling with friends or bullies or whatever it is and dad doesn't seem to care. No wonder why you're angry. No wonder why you're angry. So, yeah, you have these outbursts and you can't figure out why. Like, I just need to control it. You need to work on your relationship with your dad. But the other thing is, th this goes along with your point, I think yeah. there's a lack of emotional intelligence 
we learn that from our fathers. So to your point, the, the not just stopping and really helping in our emotions, stopping the bad emotions and, and getting control of those, but the ability to really understand your emotions and even more importantly, other, other people's, people's emotions. Right, exactly. Other people's emotions because your dad isn't there. And what you learn, it's, it's interesting from an attachment theory perspective because you know that you're really, or we now know that your relationship, if you're a man, the relationship with your father actually will very much mirror your relationship with yourself. Your relationship with your mom will mirror your relationship with others. So she does play a huge role or a pivotal role That's when it comes to your attachment with other people. At the same time, how you relate to other people, how you stay in that, stay emotionally present for other people very much comes from your father. So if he's aloof, you may really struggle in the emotional range element of things. I want to move us on to the next sure. one, which is another effect. Again, as we're in this area, this category of effects of if, if your father is kind of emotionally aloof, and that is your your social skills, kind of mm. your social awareness yep. goes down. It's, it's not great. Again, these are all things. I mean, we could have we could have put a lot of things on the on the, this list, but that's a big one of, of just kind of knowing how to talk to people, kind of knowing. Knowing the range, of like okay, don't don't make that joke at this time, right. or don't don't be the guy that always talks about yourself, or don't I don't know. Those are just kind of social skills and social awareness things that, yeah, I guess kids theoretically can learn them from their mom, but guys especially learn them from their dad. You need a kid, so you know when when you're growing up, zero to ten, and this is debated on when you know I agree exactly, with this, this though. This but is... zero to eight, zero to ten, somewhere around there, you are mainly. You understand the world through your mom. Like your mom She's is, with you the most amount of time. Exactly. She's the most important person in your life. Obviously, as a kid, if there's nursing, things like that involved, zero to two is when a lot of attachment is formed, and that's specifically with your mom. Zero to ten is where you kind of learn, you know, there's there's I don't know, different things as a kid, kind of understand your place in the world. By the time you hit ten years old and on, it really is a, a boy's relationship with his dad, and I would say a girl's relationship with her mom yeah. at that point. Um, getting adolescence, you're kind of getting, you're, you're knowing, learning more things. Exactly, yeah. and it doesn't say that a dad in a girl's teenage years doesn't matter. Like, he's very pivotal in that as well, and vice versa with the mom to the boy, but specifically what a guy is going to learn, he needs a man to step up and help him, to your point exactly, of the social skills, the social awareness, awareness of himself, things like that. But we also see... As I already spoke to, just the insecurity element of this. Yeah. You have a lot of kids that, because the attachment isn't fully formed, they're either scared, they're they're kind of pansies, they're kind of wusses, like they don't take risks, they don't do anything like that. Or you have the ultra-reckless who takes a bazillion of risks and they have no brakes on it because they're trying to prove something to their dad. Show out, or, kinda, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to be ultra-macho and show that, well, I can do it, I can take it on. Dad didn't think I was enough, I'm going to prove. But behind both of those is, is, a, is a layer of insecurity. Correct. Yeah. Hurt and insecurity. You don't feel like you're enough. So either you don't feel like you're enough and it stops you, shrink, you shrink back, or you don't feel like you're enough, so you're going to go prove that you're enough in whatever way possible. All of these things can be a very... These are all just terrible side effects, terrible effects of an aloof, an emotionally aloof father. From the spiritual side, I would say there you struggle with just being disciplined in your spiritual life. Like you yep. struggle with sin. Yeah, we talked about porn, but I would say, and, and anger, but I would say with other things like the discipline to get things done, a lot of times that's going to come from the father. So if your father is very undisciplined, if your father struggles with as mean as it sounds, with his weight, you know, with putting the food down or, or with treating people poorly, not taking care of his, you know, of, of your mom, his wife. Those are the type of things that you may very much struggle with those sins yourself, the sins of the father. The Bible's very clear about that. Like it's visited the third and fourth generations. Not that we bear the iniquity in terms of original sin, but the fact that these do have consequences down the generations and you may be living some of that out. Yeah. The other thing that I would say is 
I mean, we're going to end with this, and so I don't really want to get into it now, but just hopefully you're, you're picking up on how important your role as a father is. Yeah. Whether or not you're already a father or whether or not you're 16 years old and you're looking ahead to fatherhood. We've had episodes on how to be a godly father. Go check those out. I felt like those were, were really, at least I hope they were, very beneficial and helpful episodes. But really, this episode is dealing with, okay, what happens if I don't have that? Yeah. Because odds are, let's say you have an emotionally and spiritually unavailable father, what do statistics say? And, and what does kind of common sense say? You're probably going to end up that way. Yep. We're challenging you, and we'll again, we'll say a lot of this for you, we're challenging you to buck that trend. So, yep. Joe, let's get into the more of the solution stuff. We've gotten yep. into the problems and talked about kind of the effects and what can happen if you're dead. Maybe you're watching or listening to this going, yep, that, a lot of that describes me. A lot of that describes my relationship with, with my dad. Our prayers are with you for that. We know that's Absolutely. not always easy. Um, we had great dads, didn't have perfect dads, but like we understand that it's different for everybody. But um, we got, a, I think, seven total things on here, kind of uh, problem-solving solutions here. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's not like we can give you seven steps and here you go, this is going right. to help fix your relationship yeah. with your dad. But these are things that we would strongly encourage you to work on, strongly encourage you to at least think about if this is something you're struggling with. Again, whether or not you're on the, the, the end of the um, son who is, is wanting this from his dad or whether you're listening to this and you're the dad who maybe is realizing, yep, I got to improve here. Both of these things, or all of both of those sides, are going to hopefully benefit from this list. So, Joe, I'll let Absolutely. you get us into the first one. Sure, sure. First and foremost, understand that God the Father is not your earthly father. If you're struggling with an aloof dad, and this is key, this is so difficult. You see a lot of kids in their 30s; they're still going to church. Hopefully, you know if they are, we're seeing a lot that aren't going to church. But those that do go to church, a lot of times, if you do talk to them, you get into the deeper conversations. I don't have a good relationship with God. I go, well, why? What's going on? And then they describe their problems with God. I go, what's what's your relationship with your with your dad? Boom, 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 boom. As we already talked about, down the line. God is not your dad. He is perfect. He is holy. He is righteous, but he's so loving. There's grace. There's mercy. He is ever present. He's available. He's listening to your prayers. You go, well, I've prayed and God didn't listen. No, he always listens to prayer, assuming, you know, he's it, there's a debate on that as to but if you're a Christian, he's listening to your prayers, even if he doesn't answer it the way that you want him right. to, there is still it, it's And he wants you to talk to him. That's yes, he wants the relationship. That's the biggest thing is you have to understand God wants the relationship with you. Your dad, you say, Well, you don't want the relationship. Maybe, maybe not. I can't speak to that, right? Sometimes it seems like the dad is in over his head. He's out of his depth. He doesn't know. He doesn't have attachment from his own dad. He doesn't know what that looks like. There's no roadmap. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. He needs to be, you know, making more of the effort. However, God is not that way. So we have to separate God the Father from your earthly father in our minds. I would do deep study in scripture as to what does God the Father actually look like. Any father type figures, you go to Luke 15 with the prodigal son and the mm-hmm. father who runs out to meet the son that wasn't sin, that took all his inheritance ahead of time. When the when the prodigal takes his inheritance from his dad, it's basically you're not dying fast enough, give me what's mine. Right. That's pretty harsh. Well, God is representative of the Father in that. And what does he do when his son's coming? He, he runs, runs and meets him on the road. Like, yeah. The tears ought to be flowing in your eyes when you read that if you have a dad that that is is very basically has no emotion. If he's a wall, if he is very critical or whatever else, like that's not God. So I, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but truly you have I, to understand God is not he's a perfect father. He's not like your physical father. And I think that's the most important point. Now, again, why why Joe put it first on the outline. The second thing that I'm gonna say and I guess this is more so for the, if you're on the end of, of the son who's wanting this from your father, understand it is okay to be angry. You know, the Bible talks about, you know, be angry and do not sin. There's a lot of things you could do with your anger that, that is a problem, but just feeling hurt, feeling upset, feeling, you know, anger and frustration at your father who maybe 
worked 95 hours a week and you never saw, who always skipped your games, who maybe felt like TV at night was more important than spending time with you. I get it. Like, or we get it, I should say. Like, there's hurt there. There's anger there. And I think Joe could probably speak better to this, but like repressing that anger is not a good thing. Yeah. Of just kind of burying it and, you know, well, it's, it's really, that's not that big a deal. Or, you know, what, what a lot of young kids try to do. That's not the answer. And so understand that'd be the second thing and then we can move on. But it's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel hurt. It just matters what you do with it. Hurt drives the anger. That's the biggest thing yeah. to know is hurt is drive. Like, I'm so angry at my dad. Yeah, more than anything, you're hurt that he's not showing up for you. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to be angry. What's not okay is to hold a grudge, to never forgive him, to hate his guts, to not honor and respect him. We're going to get into that in different. It's, it's not okay to take your anger out in inappropriate ways, but it is okay to be angry and to let that drive you to be different than your dad but also to try to pursue the relationship with him and pursue the relationship with others. Like the reason this is second on the outline is because if we let anger and really just allow our hurt out, it can drive the other parts of it. Let me say this real fast though. The temptation is to give a ton of excuses for your dad. Well, you know, he's providing for the family. He's real busy and I understand, you know, and he's had a long day, had a long day. And I understand like you try to understand it as a kid and you try to just push past and you try to make excuses for your dad because man, I really want to view and I would hesitate to make excuses for him. Look, because you could look at it and go, well, he didn't have a dad and, and, you know, he had a real rough and he didn't have a roadmap. Neither do you. And that's not an excuse for you to go do this to your son. Right. Neither do you. So we live in a day and age where literally go on YouTube and you'll find a bazillion things as to how to be a good dad. There's, there's a million and one books on Amazon he could order for $15 or less that would teach him how the skills he needs. If he wanted to know it, he'd know it. That's very harsh to say, but truly I, I have little leash for the, well, you know, he didn't have a dad neither... Basically, neither do you. If it's kind of like case. the oh man, I'm really busy. Everybody's busy. Yeah, Everybody's busy. That's that not an excuse. excuse. Yeah. So what I would say is, don't make the excuse for him. Sit Good in the point. anger. Allow it to to just be angry for a second, and then we can move on to the next part. Which I'm actually going to put. Uh, yeah, I don't want to get out of out of line because yeah. I think fifty go. But <laughs> third, you still have to honor your dad. And, and you this, still have to crucial. you still have to respect the position even if you don't respect the man because it's easy to in that anger take it out on him to hold the grudge to hate his guts or the dan- okay. or the danger is like well he's a terrible dad so I'm obviously not going to listen to anything he does or says and disrespect right. enters the picture disobedience enters the picture and man any resentment that was there before just exponentially grows and yep. so honestly I think I, one of the biggest ways again that you can again just exponentially compound the problem is by taking the route of well i'm not going to honor or respect him whatsoever he doesn't deserve my respect maybe his actions don't deserve your respect maybe that part is true but he is still your dad you, you do still need to honor him you do still need to respect his position obviously if if he as a dad is leading you towards sin or something like that you don't have to honor that but right. as far as him being your father and him setting the rules and all those things you don't get to say well he's not a good dad so i don't have to listen to him right. absolutely not Ephesians 6 is not a, well, if he's a really good if dad. If you think he's a good dad. Exactly. Right. Then you don't, you you don't honor get that your father and mother. Yeah. But, you know, if not, if they if they stink, well, then, I mean, he could look around and do the same thing to you. Do not provoke children of wrath. It's like, yeah, but you don't understand my son, right? Yeah. If he was going to do the same thing and flip it around, like, there's no excuse for that. Yeah. You honor him, and, and it's the same as the president or anybody else. You may not respect the man. You respect the position, and that means God has put you over him as your spiritual head, whether we like that or not, whether he's kind of usurping or whether he's he's abdicating, so to speak, and kind of like not taking that on. You still need to respect him. You still need to listen to him. Get us into number four. Yeah, so number four, and this, I guess the first three really have kind of exhausted, like, okay, here's what you do with your dad. I guess we got one more on here, but like this one we're going to encourage you kind of look outside, and that mm-hmm. is look for other godly men who... 
you can form a relationship with, maybe a mentorship type relationship. Yeah. We talked a lot about mentorship on this podcast and finding older guys, finding men, finding guys who can kind of show you the ropes on some things, obviously spiritually, maybe even on some of this emotional stuff of the social awareness yeah. and the, man, I really don't know. I'm not good at conversation, all these things. Yeah, a lot of that stuff does need to be taught. You're not just going to learn it by osmosis. And so I guess this fourth this fourth thing would be pursue relationships with godly older men who you can be mentored by. And that's going to be strange. That's going to be awkward. Typically, it's, it's, it's the older one that needs to be reaching out to the younger to do the mentoring. Life doesn't always work that way. I right. would encourage you, if you're 17 years old and you have this problem with your dad, look around at your congregation. Look around. Maybe it's somebody that you work with, somebody at your job, but it just a, seems like a really solid guy. Maybe you know he's faith-based or whatever it is. Yeah. Ask him questions. Strike up conversation with him. Hey, you know, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. Seek those relationships out, I guess, is our point. They're not just going to drop in your lap most of the time. You have to go and seek it out and find it. And so that would be the fourth thing. I love that. Number five. Consider talking to or writing a letter to your dad, asking for him to step up emotionally and spiritually. I'm going to interrupt you and ask, because we didn't talk about this before, why'd you put a letter? Why not Why not sit down and go to coffee with him? Depending on, I've seen this go both ways. Personally, I would say the best thing is if you can do it in person, do it in person. Okay. However, I also know there are dads that will explode. You know, you don't feel safe with your dad to have this conversation. Be kind of awkward with in the coffee shop, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you don't have the skills to emotion, like to, to talk to with him one on one. Feet, to think yeah. on your feet, you're afraid he's going to shut you down. It's like, oh, okay, well, oh, okay. I said, no. True. You need to. The nice thing about the letter, I, if you can't do it in person, I do it in person. The nice thing about the letter is it gives you time to just ruminate on this for a second, think about it, take a day or two, take a week or two. Sit on this, pray about it, write it, rewrite it, say, how do I really want to say it? I'm not looking to just vent all my anger and spew all my vitriol and I hate you. No, I'm trying to get to the point of I'm hurt and, and I want... And here's why. And here's why. And I, you know, I would love if you could step up and help me in these areas. So that's why I like the letter. The other thing is it gives your dad an opportunity to think about this and stew on it for a second before yeah. the initial defensive goes up. But what do you mean? I'm a great dad. Pump the brakes. Just listen. However, the, if you can do it in person, I do think there's an element of like, let them look in your eyes and just see the hurt in your eyes. I think that I can might be really powerful. consider doing it this way. Write the letter, send the email, whatever, and at the end of it say, I'd like to meet with you in three days or a week I love or whatever. Because it gives the dad the opportunity to reflect on it. It gives you the opportunity. You've already said your piece. You probably, you know, maybe you take a copy of the letter with you or whatever, and then meet with your dad in person. Again, maybe in a public place so you don't have to, you know. The explosion on the place or whatever, but I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways you could do it. I do think there's pros and cons to both, and I don't know. That's maybe a good compromise. To do I, I think that's great. Yeah, don't. The whole point of letter is to open lines of discussion, yes. right? Lines of conversation. Because right? odds are, if you're having to do this, lines of communication are closed at this point. Exactly. Like, but if you drop the bomb and it's like, well, I'm not going to talk to you. No, be a man about it. Even if even if you feel like he hasn't taught you that part, this is part we're telling you. Be a man. Step up and, and say, this is what I need. Uh, the reason why I had this on here, what I was thinking about with going back to being angry, not making excuses for your dad, write that in the letter. Like, this does hurt. We can make excuses. No, it's fine. It's fine. No, push it away. It's not fine. It's not okay that he's doing this. He is against God in that. But more than anything, there's there's just this pain and this hurt. We need to let that out. And one of the ways you can let it out is journaling about it, is writing a letter, is confronting him about it. Um, but that's what a man would do, is confront the problem. Don't just run to the problem, to porn or to vaping or to any of the things we talked about, the youthful vices. Don't just run to those things away from your problems. Go confront it. So that was fifth. Number six, I'm just going to take, just because mine will let Go you right wrap ahead. up. I wonder why you're going to take Yeah, six. exactly. <laughs> Consider therapy. Consider therapy. If you can't get past this, maybe you've tried with him and... What I would do in therapy with you is ultimately, this is going to sound bad in, in light of everything we've said, 
you don't ultimately need your you want your dad but if you need him you know in this way and he doesn't step up you're going to constantly be lacking in life and feeling like well I just never had a dad no you really want your dad to be present but ultimately you have God and hopefully you can find other mentors that can help as we talked about so therapy is a way to you know sometimes I try to bring them together and if I realize the dad's not going to go with me you know he's he's not going to come together then I give the kids an opportunity to really step up on their own and to be the man that their dad could not be um so I would say number six is considered therapy. That kind of gets us into number seven, though. And which is probably the most important thing, um, other than the first one, which is God being the perfect father. And that is, look to be a different father than your father was to you. But I'm, I appreciate the way Joe put this on here. He put it on here in the sense of don't look at your dad and go, he did all these things terribly. I'm never going to do any of those things. Instead, ask yourself, what kind of dad do you want to be? Yeah. What kind of dad do you want your kids to see you as? And then strive for that. That way you're running towards something and not away from something. If you're just running away from my dad, this, this, and this, and I hated that. I'm never going to do those things. You're not really painting a good picture for the father that you want to be. Right. And so, and you often run in a circle because you're looking over your back. Yep. How many people run well when they're looking behind them? It slows them down. Like right. It slows them down. And a lot of times you don't know where you're going. So you come back around. I'm never going to yell at my kids that way. You yell at your kids that way. Yeah. No. It's, it's not, I, I'm not going to be like my dad who yelled at me. No, I'm going to be the type of father who's in control of his emotions and who talks with his kids. And I'm going to figure out a way that I can learn to talk to my kids. That's what we're talking about here. Right. And again, break the cycle. Like just, I understand the temptation. I understand, well, my dad never did this stuff for me. This is so important as you're trying to be a godly young man that you set your, that you set your son up. Even if like all these things we're talking about never work, your dad and you never reconcile or whatever it is, you never become very close with your dad. Even if that unfortunately stays the case. Man, set your son up much better than you were set up. It, it's it's something that, again, it's it's the crisis we have in the church. I think right now more than anything is the fatherhood crisis. And so, um, Joe, you had one section, one last section. Well, I guess two more sections, but this is an important section as well. Uh, we know we have a lot of fathers, older guys that mm-hmm. watch this, and we wanted to say something to them as well. Absolutely. So to the fathers that are watching this with their kids, that are saying, you know, is that me? Is that not me? Maybe you know immediately, okay, that's me. I'm, I've been aloof. Or maybe you say, I do a pretty good job with that. What I would say is look at what area your kid is lacking. Maybe children in the plural. You know, your sons are lacking. Look to meet that need for them. So you look around, you go, man, Mike, he's not friends with a ton of people. He seems socially awkward. Spend the next however many months, right? Year. year. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. However long you got, work with him on that. We're going to put you in different social situations. I'm going to take you to, you know, I'm going to take you to friends' houses and things like that and get him into the social. You see a kid and he's, man, his prayer life is not super deep. Maybe he just doesn't really know how to pray to God. I'm going to go into his room at night. I'm going to make sure he knows how to pray. Find, like, look for ways that maybe your kid is lacking and try to be that for your kid, you know, try to help him and lead him in whatever direction. Your kid may know the Bible up one side and down the other. He knows more scripture than you potentially. Okay, maybe that's not the area you need to be working with him on as much as maybe he's got an arrogance issue. Maybe he's, you know, not courageous at all and he's not stepping up, and you know, for, for God, whatever it is. Like, look at that and try to meet the need for your kid. I'm going to add something here before I let you do the last one. Sure. I touched on it earlier. And it's, man, it's going to be very hard if you're not used to it. Be open and vulnerable with yeah. your son. Yeah, oh, I should have put that down. Be That's a open great and vulnerable with your son. Again, if, you have, if you've spent 15 years as a father not doing that, it's not going to happen overnight. But, man, if there's anything that's going to, you know, form that bridge that hasn't been existing and is going to make that relationship better, it is maybe it's something as simple as you as a father 
talking to your son again, maybe out for coffee or whatever. Listen, I know I haven't been the dad I should have been. I'm sorry for that. I know that these are my struggles. These are things that I struggle with. These are things I'm working on. I want to be better for you. That's super vulnerable. That's super open that that you have to break down your pride wall that a lot of dads don't want to do. Um, And so that would be honestly step one or two that I would encourage you as fathers to do if you feel like you fall into this category. That is such a good point. Take ownership, radical responsibility. You know, well, my son didn't really ever, you know, show that he wanted to play. No, 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 no. Son, I didn't step up, and I'm sorry. You know, be vulnerable with him. I I can't even say better than you did. That was perfect. <laughs> You're good. Last thing we're going to say, I wish we'd land on that one because it's so good. But if you don't know how to get close, and this is a lot of dads, like you didn't, maybe maybe your dad didn't have a dad, right? If you're a father and you say, well, I didn't have a dad. I don't know what this looks like. Get some books, right? Look up books for attachment with your kids. Consider getting a mentor. Somebody at, at um, you know, church, they say, man, he's got a really good relationship with his son. Go talk to him. Yeah. Go figure out what he did. And, you know, last case maybe, guys don't really want to get into therapy, consider therapy. If you really have attachment wounds, your dad was a, a raging alcoholic, your dad was aloof, your, he wasn't at, you know, he's very absent. Yeah. Whatever it is, right, he wasn't a Christian and, and abusive, like you said. If that's the case, consider therapy to work through it, but at all costs, develop the relationship with your kid. It is not okay to make the excuse of, well, I didn't have a dad, so, you know, at least I'm here, at least I'm at least I'm providing for the family. Uh-uh. No, there's, we're, we're calling you to something higher. And if you are the son watching this, we're calling you to even higher. Your dad didn't have a roadmap. Maybe he's giving you a little bit of a roadmap. You're supposed to piece together even more and give your son something even better. So last thing we're going to do, this is just to the fathers, I would say, and, and kids, if you want this, uh, or to the sons, if you want this. I would some encourage books. them to simply because, like, as far as the son, I would encourage you if you're 16, 17 years old for these books as well because, you again, sure. you're going to be in this position in five seven, eight, ten, however many years, start learning now. Start practicing yep. now. I guess you can't really practice being a father, but like start start figuring out how what kind of father do I want to be now versus well I guess I'll just figure out when I get there. But yeah, we yep. got some book recommendations. I'll go first and I'll let you do the last yeah, go two. For it. Uh I've shouted out before Point Man by Steve Ferrar is really, really good as far as listen, guys, time to step up when it comes to being a husband and being a father. Um, I've described it before, so I don't need to go into a lot of detail, but if you're looking for a book on really challenging you to step up as a father and as a husband, again, even before you get to that point, I'd recommend Point Man. Yeah. Um, the, the two I would recommend, there's so many. So if you want more, please reach out, let us know. We got, I got so many on my shelf that I haven't read, a bunch that I have read. We can offer some recommendations. One is Family Shepherds from Bodie Bauckham. Keep in mind, these guys are Christendom. So if you're one of those, it has to be Church of Christ, realize nobody in the Church of Christ is writing on this. I'm sorry. They're just not. And if they are, that's pretty shallow. Yeah. So Family Shepherds from Bodie Bauckham is a fantastic book. Um, that'll give you an understanding of what's really required in the role. And the second one I would say is something I'm just getting into right now, actually. So I can't vouch for the entire book. What I've read and what I've heard of it and the reason I bought it um, is called Man Maker Project by Chris Bruno. Man Maker Project, and it's about helping kids come to maturity and giving them rites of passage. We no longer have that. You know, that's just something our culture doesn't give, rites of passage. So you have 25-year-olds still playing with their Funko Pops living in the parents' basement. (laughs) No rites of passage. It's time to grow up and to be a man, and so this is about creating that rite of passage for your kid. Um, So far, so good, man. I love it up to this point. So I would recommend that one's a bright blue book. It's it's very good. Um, With that, this, again, this is an episode that it's heavy. It's heavy. I think I've had some fun in, in putting the outline together recording this, but at the same time, it is a heavy episode. We realize that if you are out there listening, if you have a good father, thank God. Truly, thank, thank your him. dad. Thank him. Yeah. Thank your dad, and thank God for giving you such a good father who is present for you, who helps realize that's not a lot of people have that. If you're one of those that is in that where you don't have that, 
pray to God. Pray to God that, you know, pray for your dad. It's, it's, he may be the person that you're most mad at in the world. Pray for him. Pray that God might change his heart. Pray that God might cause him to step up and lead in the way. But then also, pray for yourself. Pray that you might not fall into his pitfalls and that God might raise you up to be a great leader for your family. I can't think of any other, any better way to wrap than that. So we are going to stop right there. This has been episode 55. We'll be back next week for another fantastic episode as always right i mean every single episode everyone is fantastic. of course you know, i mean I'm, we, we have our great ones and then our you know pretty good <laughs> ones but um yeah we always appreciate our listeners those who are watching on youtube so we will be back next week for episode 56 of the golly young men podcast thanks for watching and listening